today is Friday, November 29th, 2019. Black Friday, when we'd normally be recovering from Thanksgiving dinner and avoiding the busy Christmas shopping season. But as we were working on episode 24, we uncovered some information that we have to report immediately. Three weeks ago, we filed a special report revealing what Greenville Police Chief Ken Miller had told the city's Citizen Public Safety Review Board. A uh, county deputy by the name of Luger and his father were murdered. About Miller's shocking revelation, his officers had cut the lock off a law enforcement center locker and found inside documents about the Rufus and Frank Looper murder case that Miller said shed a much different light over Charles Wakefield Jr.'s conviction for the killings. Uh, I can tell you that um, there is some question about um, his conviction uh, based on documents that surfaced over the past couple of years. In that meeting, Miller spoke for 10 minutes about the new evidence his team had discovered, saying he was already in the process of contacting innocence advocates to help. Three months passed between that meeting and the board's quarterly meeting in October. Asked for an update in October, the chief didn't have much to say about what his detectives were doing or those innocence groups. Uh, our team has, uh, has started caring for that case. Uh, three detectives. Okay. So, we're, not, we're not ready for their involvement at this point, and, uh, and I've had some discussion with them based on the feedback I've gotten. I'm not so sure that we're going to, but, mm -hmm. uh, but right now I'm still open. And that was it. Miller sounded different in October. He was less talkative, less detailed than he had been at the previous meeting. Why? It's possible there was a very specific reason why Miller sounded so different. According to our sources, that new evidence in the Looper murders case, evidence that made the police question Charles Wakefield Jr.'s murder conviction, that evidence is now gone. I'm Brad Willis. This is Murder, Etc. Over the past month, we listened to the recordings of Chief Miller over and over trying to hear anything we might have missed when we listened before, listening for any explanation about how this new evidence ended up hidden away in a padlocked locker at the law enforcement center. We were clearing out lockers that nobody claimed. Huh. And it just, the, the notice sat on there, nobody claimed it, cut the lock, and we found a number of things that were decades old. And in there, there was a small box with folders in it, and in the folder was a letter. And we had no idea who that locker was issued to, who had it. There was no indication of a name to who we could. So we don't know whether it was city or county. But it was the letter saying that he might have been letter. framed. Yeah, and wow. so, um, so that concerns me enough in and of itself uh, to warrant a look because it wasn't with the case file. We listened, trying to find out why that evidence wasn't inside the official police file. 
with everything else relevant to the case. During the meeting, the chief told the board he didn't know who the locker belonged to or whether it was a city or county law enforcement officer. In the past three weeks, we figured that out on our own. This week, we spoke to a man named Bob Burns. Burns is a former Greenville police officer who started working at the GPD in 1974, a year before the Looper murders. Burns worked vice and narcotics, patrol, violent crimes, internal affairs. He also handled the police department's property inventory before he retired in 2007. We'd heard the locker at the law enforcement center was once assigned to Burns. So we called Burns and asked him if he had heard from the GPD about this locker. And sure enough, he had. Burns said within the last couple of years, the GPD got in touch with him to ask where the documents had come from. Burns said when the city prepared to destroy the old city jail in the mid-90s, there was an old jail cell with lots of old documents inside. And when police started moving all of it out to a new building, there wasn't room for it all. So they used personal lockers to store what they moved. Burns said none of the documents had been sorted, logged, or in any way inventoried. He said the police were working on a plan to destroy everything under the chief at the time, a man named Mike Bridges, one of the two lead detectives in the Looper murders. But before Bridges put together a plan to dispose of it all, health problems forced him to retire. Bob Burns didn't do anything with all the old stuff before he retired in 2007. And so, everything, including the evidence Wakefield's defense team never saw, sat in that locker until some point in the last two years. Last summer, when the chief told the Public Safety Review Board about finding the new evidence, Chairwoman Dorothy Dow wanted to know if the police had reached out to Charles Wakefield Jr. Is Mr. Wakefield aware of this? No. Actually, outside of our organization, you all are in. So prior to July, only the police knew what they had found. And after July, only the people who were in that small board meeting knew. It stayed that way until our last special report. And now, our sources say, police can no longer find the evidence they pulled out of that locker. According to multiple sources and positions to have this information, the police have been searching all over the department. They've told detectives to search through their files, and it seems no one can find the documents on which Chief Miller based his report to the Public Safety Review Board. This evidence that Chief Miller said called into question Charles Wakefield Jr.'s conviction is, by all of our sources' accounts, now missing. For the past two weeks, we've been asking Chief Miller to comment on our sources' information and to confirm or deny the evidence is now missing. This week, the Greenville Police Department issued this short statement. Quote, Chief Miller is deeply concerned for justice. Given that is his aim, he is unwilling to discuss the status of the case with you at this time. He hopes to be able to do so at a point in the future. You'll also remember the gun we turned up in October in the possession of Don McIntyre, the son of a chief witness against Wakefield, a gun that matched the make, model, and caliber of the suspected murder weapon. Every little box I'd open, I mean, I'd open to see what was in there, to see which pile it went in. Well, there's one shoebox open, 
I opened it up and there was a nickel-plated pistol. Five days after our report on the gun, the police said they'd taken custody of the weapon. That was a month ago. We asked about the status of that weapon and any testing on it. So far, we've not had any response about that. We're still talking to our sources and looking for more people willing to speak with us about the case. When we hear more, we'll file another special report or add to the story on our website, murderetcpodcast.com. If you know anything about what might have happened with this new evidence or anything else about the case, get in touch using any of the methods on our contact page on our website. Again, that's murderetcpodcast.com. Thanks for listening to this special report. We'll be back with you just as soon as we know more.